bed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, you folks. Old Man Grognard here. Oh, happy, happy, happy day after Christmas. Okay, first off, we do have a voicemail from John Allen Large from the Red Dice Diaries, wishing me happy holidays. And and so, take it away, John. Hey there, Glenn. It's John from the Red Dice Diaries. Just wanted to leave a quick message to say, I hope you and your family have a great Christmas and a very happy New Year. I'm just about caught up on your podcast now. And I hope that the new year, when you're throwing yourself into running Gangbusters BX as a campaign, I hope that goes well for you. And I look forward to hearing more about that. I'm sure I shall be leaving you some messages about that. So until then, take care and have a great time over Christmas. Speak to you soon. Thank you much, John, for that. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all that. And that goes out to all my fan, all my fans, all my listeners, and all of my fellow podcasters. Yes, the Gangbusters game will commence. It's a little harder than I thought because I feel a little out of my element, although I have experience running Gangbusters. That's that's the rub because coming up with with new scenarios that aren't I don't know I think I'm trying to top myself or something I should probably back off and just go with the tried and true for now until it gets going and just you know get in get the the people into it and try and keep up with that I'm sure something fantastic's going to happen but anyway thank you John I appreciate it. We did really, not really celebrate Christmas on account of uh, several things. My wife doesn't believe in Christmas because she, we're messianic, but I still like Christmas. But she still did. She usually does something for the kids. Get you know something, maybe a small tree or something. But we didn't do anything this year. Didn't get any kid kids any presents yet. And what we got was money. That's what I that's my favorite present. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, people were were generous that way. So, it's kind of a laid back. It was kind of a laid back Christmas. And I hope you all got what you wanted. And I hope you're all doing well. Totally forgot about that. <laughs> so, I was on Facebook and I looked at a uh, I looked at a post from many years back. And it was about spontaneous casting for clerics. I got a nice, good discussion. And maybe think about it again and to reiterate. But I will do all that after this. Okay. Uh, first, a little explanation of spontaneous casting, what it's all about. For those of you who have never played, never experienced class and level role-playing or fancy and magic, your spellcasters, which are mages and clerics usually, get so many spells they can cast at a certain level. Like, magic users get one first-level spell at first level. And then there's a chart that goes up. And they pick their spells, and they cast them. Now, divine spellcasters, a.k.a. clerics, usually fall under, some, usually fall under the same rule. 
But that's changed. There's it's it's been going on for over thirty years this discussion. But I decided to change the spontaneous casting, but only for clerics. And what I mean by that is, say a mage sets his spells. He sets his spells for the day. Okay, and those are the spells he can cast. A cleric, on the other hand, can switch out spells. They say they have. Uh, two second-level spells, and one third-level spell. Well, to me, they have the whole list of second- and third-level spells to pick from for those slots, and they don't have to set them in stone, because when they pray for guidance at the end of the day, the deity usually just gives them divine power to use as they see fit. And so if you're in the middle of a battle... And you just smack somebody with, say, spiritual weapon. And you're getting ready to smack him again. But our, your comrade next to you goes down and is down a whole lot of hit points that might die. You might want to switch over to a cure light wounds or a cure medium wounds or whatever. Some kind of healing magic. You can do that and go, okay, never mind. I'm going to do this. Majors can't do that. They're set. Their spells are set every day. So that's the way I like to run it. Also, spells. There are plenty of spells in the games that are reversible. Like you like say if you got a heal spell, you can make it a harm spell. A bless spell could be a curse spell, things like that. Well, mages don't have that luxury. If they if they memorize a spell, they have to they have to memorize one form of it. They cannot switch. They cannot switch spells or switch. If there's a reverse of the spell, they'd have to memorize the reverse of, a, of the spell when it came to memorization. Not so with clerics. They can reverse a spell on the fly also. Now this has come up. This this is somewhat controversial, but there are a lot of people who do it this way, and I would recommend it because it's just the very nature of the magic they're dealing with as far as I'm concerned. Wizards and magic users are dealing with magic. It's it's um, a force. It's like the force. and And what they're dealing with is magic from nature and the universe and things like that. And they can always tap it a certain amount. Now, clerics are dealing with a deity. A deity with divine power. And normally, most of the time, they you pray, it says, okay, well and faithful servant, you have this much divine power. Zap! They give them divine power for the day. How they use as they see fit, as long as it's in line with what the deity would do. You know, that kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying that they don't get specific spells because there are certain times, certain deities go, okay, you will cast this today. And, some, and a lot of times, they don't even tell them what it is. They go, why am I casting this protection spell when I wanted to cast X spell? That's because the deity wanted you to cast that specific spell for a specific reason. In fact, I've... I've built redundancy into my deities because, you know, the first time they throw it is go, what the heck's going on? And I will, lo I will have the deity load him up with like 
two or three of those spells. And because the first time they throw it, if it's for a specific purpose in the story, well, it's gone until the next day. So I I would give them power for, say, two two of those or something. It's a, it's a very ad hoc as far as I'm concerned. Very, very seat of my pants type of thing. And so deities, you know, that, that's the whole point of, of worshiping a deity is you you follow their rules. So if they just give you divine power, go zap, there you go for the day, that's fine. But it's like, okay, here's lesser power, zap, but I want you to take this one spell, zap, zap. So the whole thing about faith is you've got to figure out what the deity wants. Sometimes the deity will come out and tell you, you know, say you have a dream and the deity speaks to you through through the dream or you have a vision or something like that, usually plot related. But deities, do since they are deities, they do have the the chance, the, the they, they have the option of Telling you what to do, telling you what to do with that that magical energy. I gave you magical energy. That was my magical energy. I gave it to you. If I want to tell you to cast something specific, I will, or not, because if I don't, if the deity doesn't tell you, it's either because it has some specific plot purpose, or it's a test of your faith, or something like that. There's usually a reason, but the acolyte doesn't always know that. So it's part of the fickle nature of deity worship. So, you know, what are you going to do? But anyway, as far as, as far as usually clerics can, you know, pop off a spell, pop off a different spell, you know, until their magical energy runs out for the day and that's it. And, and then there are certain things like turning, turning, they can always do just a limited, you know, turning is a little more limited because it's like, it's like one shot, one shot per encounter type thing. I've had them. I've had them attempt. I'd let them. I've let players attempt or the characters attempt multiple turns before, but not all the time. Usually, if the rules say you can only do it once on one on a creature per encounter, then okay. But if you're dealing with twenty skeletons and you turn and only turn, you you wave your your holy symbol over ten of them and five of them turn. Next turn, I'll let you try and turn the other five. That's fine. But if nothing happens, then nothing happens, and they are not turned for this encounter. So, like I said, turns are a little more limited, but it's a broader scope. So that's the way I deal with, with divine power and spontaneous casting, and I think you should too. That's my opinion. Take it for what it is. So I'm going to go start my day, and... If you want to talk to me about this, oldmangrognard at gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are funded. We are monetized. I like to say funded for some reason. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thank you again, Jonathan, Oliver, Mark, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, and Dan for supporting me. Thank you, guys. And don't forget Mark S. Wallring's podcast, The Yawning Owlbear, on Anchor, and Dan Craig's Jung Y-U-N-G, Jung, Y-U-N-G Grognard podcast. Jung Grognard. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
questions, comments, send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air.